Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Home on KFI AM 640 with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. A unique blend of design expertise, building experience, and a serious dose of philosophy all come together to give Dean an uncanny ability to help you build yourself a beautiful life. KFI AM 640, good morning. I'm Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. Sitting here in our Burbank studios, literally brimming with insight, advice, and inspiration for that place that you call home. Two big stories today, uh, but one very close to home. The Anaheim White House. The Anaheim White House is this landmark in Anaheim, this beautiful Italian restaurant that has been near and dear to KFI's heart for many years now suffered what looks like uh, an electrical fire early Saturday morning. And uh, Bruno Serrato, who has been running the White House for so many years, has done this amazing work, turning this thing into far more than just a high-class restaurant, but a, a force of good, feeding children in need, training immigrants, uh, with job training right at the restaurant. So, uh, I don't want to get too far into it today, but uh, we know your heart is broken, Bruno, and uh, we just want to send out uh, our thoughts to you, everyone at the Anaheim White House. Uh, we're with you. We're behind you. Stay tuned to KFI in the uh, days to follow for uh, information on how we can reach out and uh, be a part of rebuilding that. Truly an example of a beautiful building in which someone has built an even more beautiful life. And uh, the building has suffered, but the life goes on, and uh, we're going to make sure it continues to go on from here. Okay, laying that aside, second big thing today, right? It's the Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday, uh, you know, I don't have to say anything about that. All I have to say is this. I am impressed that it seems to me, and I could be wrong about this, but more couples than ever are kind of getting into the Super Bowl together. And that, I think, is kind of a cool thing. I don't exactly know why that's happening that way, but it is. But still, still, there are a lot of holdouts. Still, there are a lot of couples that uh, don't necessarily get into the Super Bowl uh, in the same way. And uh, for those of you who are in that situation, you are always faced with the decision of how are we going to manage uh, today? We're going to throw a big party. I'm not really into it. You are. How do we assign responsibilities? Do we even care? Is someone spending the afternoon outside of the house uh, while everything else is happening, all things football? But it kind of dovetails into what we are going to spend uh, our time this morning talking about. And that is, uh, today, today's kind of a design therapy day uh, at home. We're talking about how two people and the relationship between them can actually survive a remodel. What do you do? 
when uh, there's two of you, you may have different tastes. You definitely have different gift sets, uh, different strengths, different perspectives. And now it's time to touch this place where you live. So uh, we're going to go there, and we're going to go there right now. We're also going to open up the phones so that we can talk to you about that. Uh, So let's talk about your remodel and your relationship. Uh, But we have to agree on this. And listen to me now. Don't call in just to complain about your partner, all right? Uh, Even though that would make uh, for some fun, I'm sure. You know, this uh, this is not Jerry Springer. So if the, if the relationship has gotten stuck around something or some element of design or building or planning the remodel, great. Let's see if we can't uh, get it moving forward again. And if you're both listening, if you're both listening, let's try and get both of you on the phone together. The number is 1-800-520-1KFI. We'll see how this goes. This may be the... Uh, the best or the worst idea ever. I don't know how that's going to work out. All right. How do we survive these things? There are very few things that test a relationship like remodeling does. And it's a strange thought. when you th- There's money involved. That's probably one of the main issues. And I think that's probably where everybody uh, first goes in their thinking. Uh, there's money involved. There's usually a lot of money involved. And you know, granted, you are playing around with your largest financial investment. So how can that not bring stress into the picture? But I would say it goes a lot deeper than that. There's way more than money on the line here. There are egos. There are personal tastes. There is this need to collaborate on things together, which intrinsically stir up fear. There's stress and then there's anger sometimes, and both stress and anger are, you know, manifestations of fear. And fear, my friend, leads to the dark side. So uh, remodeling even goes so far as to touch things in us as deep as past wounds and childhood dreams. I know this firsthand. Uh, we start talking about, especially when we start talking about, let's write the story of your house, all sorts of things uh, erupt from that conversation, things that, well, ever since I was a kid, I never had that, and now is my chance, and this is going to be the place and the time when it comes to pass. And maybe that is a great thing for you as a couple, or maybe that rubs somebody wrong. It does rub a good number of people wrong. According to a 2013 survey on House.com, 12%, no fewer than 12% of couples Consider separation or divorce during their remodel. Ouch! That You know what? Let's just forget it. Let's not do the show. It's too risky. There's, there's too many negative ramifications for this. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, we don't want to go there. I do not want to be uh, the guy who leads you to divorce. But here's the thing. If you get past it, the same survey... If you can get past those issues, same survey said, let's see, 84% of people who successfully got through their remodel said that they now spend more time at home together. 80% said that they feel more relaxed in their home. 42% of people who get through a remodel together say that they do more entertaining. And 41% reported an increase in their level of happiness with their partner. So 
12% on the road to divorce or separation, uh, but a good portion of those who can survive it, uh, there are big rewards at the end. Big rewards at the end. So where do we start? I've often said that your house is a kind of metaphor for your relationship, but, you know, maybe that's more accurate to say that it's a manifestation of your relationship. It's a manifestation of you. And this is when you're actually investing yourself into the structure and the design of your house. Something very personal happens to you when you choose a piece of furniture or a room color or style. It's intimate. Before that choice, before that choice uh, you're just walking around, you know, singing a song, moving along in your day, and the essence of who you are is hidden safely away inside yourself. But you make a visible choice. Display your taste somehow where everyone can see it. And then suddenly there's a piece of you out there, exposed, subject to judgment. And that is a scary thing. It is a terrifying thing. It's one of the reasons why so many artists and entertainers seem so neurotic and insecure, because art is one of those things. Every time we get close to it, it exposes something that's going on inside of us. So when we come back, we are going to delve deep into the psyche of you and your partner and your remodel. But first, Deborah Mark with some headlines. KFI AM 640, your home with me, Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. Inside advice and inspiration for your house and maybe even your life. Who knows? All right, we are talking about couples, relationships, surviving the remodel process. And uh, in just a few minutes, I'm going to take some calls. The number 1-800-5201-KFI. Uh, also, if you want to email uh, us here at home, it's dean at iheartmedia.com or follow us on Twitter at at home with dean. At home with dean. It's just that easy. All right. How do we get past the 12% of people who might actually consider divorce or separation when uh, we're doing the remodel and get into that successful group. I think the best way is to start looking at and understanding uh, the elements that go into uh, what happens when a remodel comes. And not a lot of people think about this uh, very thoroughly. Part of it, the trouble, is that uh, remodeling, when you're investing yourself into it, is probably as close to art as most average people get and to being an artist. And what I mean by that is, uh, I mentioned this a little bit before the break, art is a funny thing. Uh, Art is something where it's not just about how well you can perform a task uh, or uh, do a function at work, but, you know, artists, actors, performers, you usually notice that they're a little bit neurotic and a little bit insane. Well, part of it is because you have to be a little bit insane to do art, but a big part of it is because it's freaking scary to put yourself out there. It just is. And uh, the nature of art is not simply 
performing a perfunctory task, but it is, in a sense, uncovering a part of yourself. It's a reflection of somebody's soul. So when someone comes along and says, this painting sucks, the message that the artist hears is, you suck. Uh, Or when an actor has been turned down on their 900th uh, audition, it is a soul-crushing thing. And so we're coming close to that as we start to actually express ourselves in our homes. And suddenly, and unexpectedly for a lot of people, it becomes a big deal. By the way, if uh, for the UA students out there, if you want to go deeper with those issues, if you're an artist or if you're in relationship with an artist or you're the parent of an artist or you are just attempting something truly artistic for the very first time, like your remodel, uh, here are two books. You should go out and get yourself or download a copy of Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. That was, uh, I think she wrote that just a couple of years ago. And also an older book and a very small book, but worth its weight in gold, Art and Fear by David Bales and Ted Ordland. So Big Magic and Art and Fear, both of those are up on the website, uh, kfiam640.com, keyword home. So uh, you can find links to those books on the website and uh, order them, read them, understand them, be changed by them. So what's the first step along the process? Some of the stress from remodeling comes actually from how unevenly the decision to remodel arises. Most of the time, it's just one person with the urgency to remodel and not the other. So what happens is, so often, and I, I, I encounter this with clients all the time, the non-initiator feels like they're being dragged along. And as a result, they end up feeling free to be a little more critical and maybe even a little more resentful than uh, they normally would be of any problems that arise. You've, if you've ever tried this before, you know what I'm talking about. So you've got the one person who's like, I am not going to live in this house another day unless we change this. And the other person is like, fine, 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 fine. But it's your thing. It's your thing. And then... When something goes wrong or the budget gets a little wacky or there's an issue or a discomfort, then you hear that, right? This was your idea, your idea. And that is just a formula for disruption and uh, disharmony. So be aware. Be aware in this situation. In this case, the initiator needs to communicate things like, okay, I know you don't want to handle all of this. That's fine. I will take point, but I really want and need your input and your support. I'll make the lists. I'll put together the rough choices, but then I want us together to make the final decision. And the non-initiator, listen to me, you need to offer that support and appreciate, not resent, the, the hard work of handling decisions like this because it is hard work. What's another thing? Plan for, and people do not do this, plan for dislocation and time for decompression. What do I mean? We're going to remodel your kitchen or we're going to tear up half of the house. You are going to be dislocated. Your space, the place where you come, your refuge, it's going to be messy and dirty and inaccessible. Plan for it. Plan for being dislocated. And don't just think, well, fine, listen, we'll survive out of the bedroom and we'll make a little kitchenette in the garage with a table and the microwave, but also plan for decompression. And what I mean by that is, you know, you don't just come home, eat dinner and go to bed. 
you come home and you rest. And so the question is, hey, when we get all of this torn up, where are we going to decompress? Because we're not talking about something that's just going to happen for a day or two. If we're really digging into the house, could be days, could be weeks, could be months. Where is the surrogate decompression area going to be located? You've got to find a way and plan ahead for the pressure to be released. Compromise. Compromise is key in these processes. But listen, this does not mean losing yourself. It doesn't mean yielding up. It means, and I I think this is the best way to do it. I advise my clients all the time, analyze what is central to your identity in the process and make some judgment calls about what lies on the fringe. Because compromise is about emphasizing the central for you and letting go of what's on the fringe. Get underneath your tastes. You say you like a thing. Think about why. Try to understand why. Try and get under it. So sometimes, instead of expressing frustrations and opinions about you want a thing a certain way, try and understand what is driving that in you. Here's another thing. Don't fear disagreeing. The best art, the best creativity, the best projects come about when uh, people from opposing perspectives can find ways to kind of bang them together and find out if we can't make something new in the process, which also, by the way, leads into, you know, get over being a design purist. We're not after design purity here. A relationship by its very definition uh, is two things Two people coming together, making something very, very unique and something new. Why can't your remodel be the exact same thing? Why can't a little bit of this and a little bit of that come together and make something truly unique, a hybrid of sorts, that isn't exactly one or the other, but both of you together? The very, very best design that I've seen when I walk into someone's home is where I can detect from the minute I step in the house that there are actually two people living here. There are energies, masculine energies, feminine energies, this energy, that energy, and uh, and I see them both, and I see them both reflected and kind of synergized together. All right. Right after the news, we're going to take your calls. We're going to dive in. I'm going to throw you some more advice. We're going to see if we can't get some people through some hooks. But right now, Deborah Mark. Is, is that no place like home? Oh, thank you. KFI AM 640, you are home with me, Dean Sharp, the house whisperer, inside advice, inspiration for your house, and maybe even your life. We're talking about surviving your remodel, and we're going to dive in and take your calls in a second. 1-800-520-1KFI. 1-800-520-1KFI. You know what uh, another point of stress is, and this is something that I tend to overlook Having been in the building industry for, for, you know, some 30 years, I have to keep reminding myself of this when it comes to uh, folks who aren't used to this. The stress of the guts of your house being spilled out of the walls all over the floor. And you know, I say that because, you know, for me or any builder, we kind of walk through that stuff every day and it's, it's not a big deal. But I have come to realize 
from uh, heartfelt conversations with my clients over the years that that it is a really unnerving thing. It is probably the equivalent of being invited into an operating room when a loved one is being worked on by a surgeon. You don't really want to be there. You know, you like the 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 skin all sealed up just in it, and everything that's hiding on the inside needs to stay on the inside where no one can see it, where it's just doing what it does. And so people get unnerved when we pull drywall off the walls and suddenly there's insulation f- spilling out and there's electrical wires and you know, and for a lot of people uh who don't really understand the nuts and bolts of how a house goes together, that can cause a great deal of stress because you get worried that uh, maybe something's going to fall down now. Maybe my house is, uh, is in this, this you know, temporary stage in which it's vulnerable. It really isn't. It really, really isn't. Uh, I tell you what, uh, coming up at 1050, we're going to try, if we've got time, I'm going to do a little House Whisperer's Guide to the Bones of Your Home so that you can have a little bit more peace of mind that, believe me, your house is not going to fall down just because we've opened up a couple of walls and messed some things up. You are safe. You are secure. You don't have to stress or argue about that. Okay. In the meantime, why don't we uh, take a call? Uh, Tracy. Tracy tells me she wants to take down a wall, uh, but her partner doesn't. Talk to me, Tracy. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I apologize, I'm in the car. Um, And you're a great addition to the KFI lineup, so thank you. Uh, We have a remodel we want to do for our kitchen, and I want to take down a wall that divides the kitchen in our family room where our TV and couch is at. My partner is adamant that we do not take down this wall. We are just stuck. Um, We haven't done anything, not even to investigate if it's a load-bearing wall just because she is not wanting to do this. Thus, we keep, we, we haven't pr- progressed to any kind of planning. So I'm just curious how we could, from your point of view, approach this in a different way rather than just butting heads. Okay, well, I got to ask the question, why? Why? What, what's the objection? What's, the, what's, what's your point and what's the objection uh, against it? Um, my point is to make it one big great room um, to when we have people over, people always congregate in a small area of our kitchen. We have a small bar area, um, and we're very divided physically by this. Her objection is it will be too noisy that when we have people over or just me cooking and her trying to watch TV, the noise will be a factor. Okay, so here's the thing. Thanks, Tracy. Uh, uh, let me see if I can't just throw a couple of things out there. Uh, where I go with this, and you would think, uh, what's your design opinion on this? I'm not going to give you my design opinion on this immediately because that's not the point. The point of what we're talking about today is can you guys come to a resolution? So first things first, can you recognize the value of what the other person's perspective is. And it sounds like in your situation, the reason why you might be kind of locked up and stuck is that you both have a valid point. Your point is, hey, we need more flow. We need more room. We need more circulation. Her point is that we need a little bit of quiet. We don't want to 
throw the rooms open so that, uh, you know, in other words, a space. I need a refuge space, a place where this can happen, and I don't have to invite everything that's going on in the kitchen to work with me. And I'm telling you this, as an experienced designer, the answer lies somewhere in between those two things. It really does. There are some things that you can do if you guys keep pushing on it to come up with, quite likely, a hybrid solution to that. But there's no sense of going there. I should say you won't get there if all you're doing is standing on your side saying we need more flow or they're on their side, you know, uh, we need privacy. What you need to now do is focus both of your attention away from your solitary position and say, okay, what can we do? And maybe this is going to take some time, and it's actually great that you haven't started yet because you don't want to get started and then, you know, just keep the argument going. So the focus is what can we do to arrive at C? A is more flow. B is maintaining privacy. Is there a C that can move back and forth and satisfy both? I'm going to say that there is. I haven't looked at the house, but... I've had the question before. I'm going to say that there is a C that breaks in and solves the problem. So thanks, Tracy. Uh, let me take a look at this here. Uh, I want you to really embrace this idea, too. And this is really critical. It's critical to good design. It's critical to good art. Don't judge an idea too early. When you are trying to come up with solutions to a design problem, all sorts of uh, weird ideas might erupt out of that situation. And what I want you to do is learn, and this is the, the discipline of an artist that artists often have to deal with in, in ways that other people don't. Young, tender, creative ideas, they are sensitive. They die easily, and they shouldn't. And sometimes the very best ideas are the craziest ones uh, when they first come out. Don't judge too early. Just make a list. Just write them down. Create a safe space for you and your partner to express their ideas and, and your tastes and allow that to happen. I'll tell you another thing. Um, this happens every once in a while. Maybe you've moved into a, a space that previously belonged to your partner or vice versa. I want you to be careful about that and this is speaking to the person who previously owned the house. If you're there together, be there together. Don't assert territorial design rights. Not if you want to build this life together. you got to wipe that away and say, this is our space now. Let's do it. Don't use the design process as an opportunity to pick at relationship issues between you and your partner. Uh, and don't criticize each other for coming at it from a different perspective. One of you is going to be more utilitarian. It's just the, the case. One of you is going to be more aesthetically oriented. It's the case. Don't forget, we talked about this last week. Great architecture is about two things. It is about structure and it is about story. And one of you more than likely represents the structure side of things. Well, it's got to work like this. That's true. The other is going to represent the more aesthetic, artistic side, that it has to feel a certain way. Don't discount those feelings. You guys have varying gifts. You have varying abilities. 
There are varying strengths. And instead of trying to trump over the other person's strengths and gifts, let's underscore them. Uh, Survey your strengths. Assign department head responsibilities to your remodel. Say, listen, I'm going to be in charge of uh, cleaning up and mess maintenance and that. You're going to be in charge of this because I don't know how to do that. I'm going to be in charge of food and drinks. You're going to be in charge of taking everything to the dump. Uh, I'm going to be in charge of picking the color for the room. You're going to be in charge of putting the paint on the walls and so on and so forth. So assign those uh, responsibilities, divvy them up together and work in in a complementary way. Shop together whenever possible. One person can actually be, you know, scoping out uh, where things are coming from and what you're going to do, where you're going to go, what you're going to see, but shop together so that the big choices don't sneak up on you. All right. Well, when we are back, we're going to take a look at the bones of your home so you guys don't have to be afraid of opening up those walls and seeing what spills out. But right now, Deborah Mark and some headlines. Well, I'm going to spend this summer KFI AM 640, you're home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. Inside advice and inspiration for your house and maybe even your life. Surviving your remodel. You know, the one thought I had uh, about Tracy's call last segment, and they were struggling with, are they going to open up a wall? Are they going to make more flow? Are they going to keep things private? I I did love this about uh, her comment, and maybe she thought this was frustrating, uh, but I think it was a good thing that they hadn't actually started yet. Maybe it's not time. Maybe it is not time to start your remodel. Your relationship is more important than new kitchen cabinets. It's just a a reality. So all of the advice, all of the tips that we've given thus far, let me just uh, umbrella those with that one statement. The relationship is more important than the house. The house needs to be a reflection of a healthy relationship, not the other way around. Before I dive into uh, this week's House Whispers Guide, uh, let me let you know that Bill Handel is actually going to have Bruno Serrato, the owner and operator of the Anaheim White House, on his show tomorrow morning at 7, 7, Brian, 7 a.m. So uh, for the status update and uh, where to move next with uh, what happened with the fire at the Anaheim White House, uh, tune in and listen to Bill tomorrow morning with Bruno at 7 o'clock. Okay, the stress of your house so often comes down to opening up a loved one and seeing their guts spill out all over the floor. And uh, let me try and see if we can't take a little bit of that stress off you. I could simply sit here and tell you that, listen, your house is going to be just fine. It is strong, and you can take my word for it, or... You can uh, come to understand your house a little bit more. Right underneath that drywall or that plaster, if you live in an older, older home. Most of you have drywall on the wall. Uh, First thing you need to know, no, the drywall is not holding up the wall. It's just a cover to hold uh, the insulation back so you don't have to rub against it. It's a place to put paint. Uh, Drywall also serves the function of being a a fire retardant. It's a uh, drywall made out of gypsum which, by the way, FYI, is the world's most lightweight mineral. 
Gypsum powder is, that's why when you cut drywall or cut it, it comes apart like baby powder. Uh, gypsum is uh, very light, and uh, it has virtually no uh, lateral shear strength to it, but it's a great thing to uh, stop fire or at least slow it down. A 5 8 inch drywall wall is a technically a one-hour fire-rated wall, which means that it takes a fire burning in a room about an hour to burn through it before it goes to the next room. And underneath those uh, drywall sheets, you will find studs, pieces of wood. And technically, most homes in Southern California are what we call stick-framed. That might sound really weak and uh, wobbly, but it, in fact, is not. It's the primary and, and most beneficial form of home construction in an earthquake zone. No, we don't build houses out of bricks or blocks or big concrete wall. Well, sometimes concrete walls in Southern California. But we build houses from uh, stick-framed wood. And I'll tell you what happens with that stick framing that doesn't happen on the East Coast uh, with block or brick homes. When the earth starts rolling back and forth, our homes flex and move uh, with them. That's a good thing because if they didn't, uh, they would simply burst apart and explode. Uh, We've learned this from experience from decades and decades, decades past, uh, the big San Francisco earthquake and the fire that came as a result of it. Uh, And uh, so, yeah, we don't build with rigid materials, utterly rigid materials, and that flexibility is part of what makes your house strong. So here's some some cute trivia for you, for the uh, construction nerds among us. A two-by-four, a single... 2x4, which you will find many inside your wall. A single 2x4 has a compressive top-down axial strength. That means if you just stand it upright, how much weight can you put on the top of that 2x4 before it starts to fail on you? Of 565 pounds per square inch. A 2x4 can handle 565 pounds of direct weight on top of it before it starts to fail. Now, if you build that 2x4 into a wall system, where there's other 2x4s in the wall, 16 inches apart, with a double top plate running along the top. A 2x4 wall system suddenly bursts into a strength rating of about 3,000 pounds per square foot. That's a lot of weight. That is about three-quarters the weight of your car sitting on one linear foot of your wall in your house. It's a lot of weight. A nail, a little nail, an eight-penny nail. Well, let's say a 16-penny nail. It's a big framing nail. A big framing nail, once it's nailed mostly into the wall, if you were to hang something off the head of that nail, how heavy could that thing go? You could hang almost 980 pounds off the end of one 16-penny nail that is well embedded into your wall. So all of this to just give you some comfort that just because the walls opened up, and there's a little bit of insulation pouring out, and there's a, li- there's a little bit of electric- electrical lines exposed. Uh, your house is very strong. It's strong in different ways, but it all comes together in a system, and there's nothing to worry about. So I'm going to leave you with this closing thought today. We all bring different gifts to the table. Like the components of your house, people are strong in different ways. And even though our fears often tempt us to retreat back into ourselves and make everything about ourselves, remember, you have 
meaningful relationships in your life precisely because, like it or not, you need something more than just yourself. We are social creatures by nature, and that means, like it or not, part of my search for me has to be found in we. And when we're building our home, this place which hopefully represents the best of who we are, it's crazy how easy it is to forget the very best of who we are in coming to the process of building it. So as you set out to write a great story for your house, why not let that story include how awesome it was writing it together? Give that some thought this week. Have an awesome day. Enjoy the Super Bowl. And go out there and build yourself a beautiful life. Los Angeles, Orange County. News on the hour, on the half. And when it breaks. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.